You are Locked On College Football, your daily podcast on all things college football. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to Locked On College Football, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Josh Ward alongside Andrew Wade. It is a Ward and Wade Wednesday, halfway through the week, just a few days to go here in 2020, which means we're closer to the playoff and we're getting closer to more bowl games as we had a couple on Tuesday and more coming today and through the rest of the week. So, Andrew, we get more football and Hold on to it. Also, keep your fingers crossed, of course, to make sure these games get kicked off as we've had to deal with a few COVID cancellations, Arkansas and, and TCU, the latest in the Texas Bowl. But uh, here it is, some bowl games and then the playoff. Yeah, it's exciting, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, we started bowl games last week and it's just been this slow, steady build. Where we actually haven't had a lot of games or at least a lot of games that most people generally care about unless you're gambling on them. So it's been a really interesting kind of give and take there. We're technically in bowl season, but the most excitement at least for at least for me, has been what has been canceled and who's not playing. Yes. Uh, by the way, quick plug, Locked On Bets. Don't forget about it as they can help you with all different sports, but including the bowl games for sure if you are looking to take advantage at betonline.ag. And the, the bowl games that will be going on today, we get a couple today, then uh, more tomorrow, and New Year's Day will be a busy day for sure. But uh, the first one, um, and it may have already started by the time you're listening to us here, but it's an early kickoff, Wake Forest, and Wisconsin in the Dukes Mayo Bowl. So Wake Forest against Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin had a weird season with how things started. Everybody in the Big Ten, I guess, had a weird season. But what do you think there with uh, with Wake against the Badgers? Yeah, I mean, I am not a huge fan of the depth in the ACC. So you have Miami, you have Clemson, you have North Carolina. Those are solid programs, although – you can kind of you know shake your head at Miami, North Carolina, and how good they are compared to other conferences. But Wake Forest hasn't really beaten any real good teams, right? They haven't really won any big games. And I know Wisconsin hasn't either, but um, I would take a Wisconsin team over a Wake Forest team um, because you coming into this game, Wisconsin hasn't played that many games, but they're always going to be fundamentally sound on the defensive side of the ball. They're getting a lot of their guys back that were out for the last couple of weeks, um, their big running back, Jalen Berger, who's out of New Jersey, a true freshman, Danny Davis. They have a lot of guys coming back for Wisconsin. So I, I'm, I'm excited to see what Graham Mertz can do with this offense, given another couple of weeks to kind of get integrated into that kind of struggle down the stretch. But with that much time to prep for Wake Forest, um, this looks like an easy win to me for the Big Ten. Yeah, to me, it would be that way as well. And I've been really impressed with what Dave Clawson has done overall at Wake Forest. He's made that a competitive program and they've had some exciting players to talk about over the last couple of years, but I don't see it here. I haven't seen it this season, and uh, I would expect Wisconsin, despite its struggles and, and how weird of a season it's been and, and disappointing overall, I guess, considering what the hopes and expectations were, I would be on the Wisconsin side. The other game that will get more attention going in, you have bigger names for sure involved, would be Oklahoma and Florida. Now, on Florida's side, the Gators are going to be without their top three pass catchers this season. That includes Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony, who was just incredible for them. I think 70 catches this season. Then Trevon Grimes is also out. So Kyle Trask, who uh, is he's been a Heisman contender. A lot of that was because of the weapons that he had, in my opinion. Those weapons will not be there against an Oklahoma team that I think will be capable of scoring points. And when the news came out with some of the opt-outs on the offensive side for Florida, the line flipped. I, I believe – uh, at the time, Florida was about a three-point favorite, and it quickly switched over to Oklahoma being a three-point favorite in that game. Yeah, I'm not sure how to take that because I, I just 
I picked Florida coming into this game, um, obviously before the opt-outs came out, but I just don't trust Oklahoma. I really don't. I mean, I think Spencer Rattler is going to be a great quarterback. I think they've had a pretty solid season, but they don't, they're not going to do well against SEC competition. They, I mean, I look at a transit property is an interesting thing to look at, especially when you boil it down to college football, but Florida was able to hold their own against Alabama. Maybe not the best in the first half, but they were able to make it a game. They were able to put up points on that defense. I still think Florida can do that. Oklahoma's defense is not great. They're better than they have been in the past, but they're 105th in passing yards allowed defensively. I don't care if you're missing the top three guys. Florida has the athletes and the ability to be able to put points on the board. Now, I think Oklahoma can do that as well, but if Florida can get pressure on Spencer Rattler, that's an easy way to be successful against Oklahoma. Spencer Rattler hasn't done – he's done better lately under pressure, but hasn't been the best under pressure, as you can expect with most young quarterbacks. I just think Florida is going to win this game. I'm probably taking that, especially since it's flipped. I'm taking Florida in that game, um, regardless of the fact they're missing their top three wide receiver, well, top tight end and two wide receivers. Yeah, I'm going to be on Oklahoma's side here. First of all, what I am more expecting is kind of a weird, sloppy game. I I would lean more under there, uh, less points than you would normally expect with Florida and Oklahoma going up against each other. That's also probably a pretty obvious statement when three key players on offense are out for Florida. But uh, here's what concerns me with Florida. It's a season where during most of it, the talk was, can Florida win the SEC and make a run at the playoff? And it had a shot until late in the season. But in the last few weeks – it didn't seem to me that Florida was completely locked in at different times. They kind of just went through the motions against Kentucky and against Vanderbilt and against Tennessee. And then against LSU with Kyle Pitts not playing, Florida was sloppy, didn't take care of the football, should have scored, I think, two to three more touchdowns than it did. But the reason it didn't is because it got in its own way. And what I would be worried about if I'm Dan Mullen is my team not being totally locked in, not taking care of the football at times and making mistakes that'll cost us the game so my guess is that Oklahoma is a little more excited to be there again pretty obvious guess when Florida literally has players who decided not to be Uh, on the flip side you could say hey here's a big opportunity for somebody like Jacob Copeland or or, uh, somebody else on the offensive side to to say hey I'm going to be the guy next year but I'm going to go Oklahoma I'm going to take the team that my guess but part of it is just trying to figure out which team is more motivated which team wants to be there and my pick there is the Sooners yeah I mean that's half the battle though is who actually wants to be there I mean, you look at uh, some of these teams, they're coming in and and maybe they had high expectations coming into the season. They didn't fulfill them. When you get into a bowl game, it's kind of like, oh, we're just going through the motions. We thought we were going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl. We thought we were going to be in this kind of bowl. And now you're in a lower level bowl. So that can be a concern. I'm curious, though, do you think the issue with Florida was that they weren't into it because do you think they're just going through the motions just because they just weren't into the season? Or do you feel like it's because of the competition they're playing and feeling like they were better than the competition that they're playing and they just overlooked them maybe? How do you yeah, think well, that, that is different? Yeah, I, you're probably right there. Um, my thought is just that they're capable of doing that, of that switch. And uh, you, you have to be careful against a team like Oklahoma. To your point, though, Vanderbilt, Kentucky, and Tennessee, while it's a big name, I think Florida looked at Tennessee as an opponent and said, yeah, we can do whatever we want to. And Oklahoma would not be that kind of opponent. Florida is going to – the players that are going to be in that game are going to respect the Sooners. You're right on that. I mean, did we talk about this on the show? The the Florida-Tennessee game, Florida players were on the sideline using – one of the whiteboards to try to connect with girls in the stands on Instagram, writing, writing their handles on, <laughs> on the whiteboard while the game was going on out on the field. Uh, that, that tells you what Florida thought about Tennessee. They probably think differently about Oklahoma. So from that standpoint, you're right to point out, yeah, Oklahoma will, will probably be 
uh, it, it'll do a better job of getting Florida's attention at the start of the game and probably throughout. Yeah, and one thing, I know history doesn't tell you everything, right? Especially when you're looking at previous years and bowl success, but that can be an indicator at times. And Lincoln Riley hasn't won a bowl game at Oklahoma. And granted, they've been playing in New Year's Six Bowls, or not New Year's Six Bowls, but college football playoff bowls, but they lost the Rose Bowl, Orange Bowl, Peach Bowl. The only game they've won in the last six years as a bowl game was the Sugar Bowl with Bob Stoops and beating a number 17 ranked Auburn team. So I wouldn't even classify. I don't, I'm not going back to 2015 and looking up where Auburn was in the, the scope of the SEC, but my guess is fourth or fifth in the SEC. So it's been a while since Oklahoma has been in a big game and been able to match up with a team ranked relatively similar to them. And I know rankings aren't everything, but when you look at an SEC team that lost two games, um, I would say Florida's probably ranked around the spot they should be. I, I just and, – and, again, going back to the rankings again, you, you have yeah. a better team, I feel like, with Florida. I just, I just feel like I'm going to take the more talented team with a, a guy, Kyle Trask, who has been lighting it up. And, again, he's missing his three guys. I just – I worry about Oklahoma and what they do in their conference doesn't translate to what they can do against other teams. And that's kind of been the, the story under Lincoln Riley. Yeah, and by the way, if Oklahoma does lose this game, that'll really give a lot of ammunition for people who say, yeah, Oklahoma's impressive for the Big 12, but against the big boys, because Florida's, it's like a, a, a level below big boy without some of its best players. So this is one Lincoln Riley and Oklahoma probably need in terms of uh, the reputation and the perception of what Oklahoma football is. So two games for today, Wednesday, a noon kickoff. Wake Forest in Wisconsin in the Duke's Mayo Bowl. And then you get the Cotton Bowl coming up 8 o'clock Eastern time kickoff. And both of those games will be on ESPN. We'll come back here on Locked On College Football, an award that maybe indicates who the biggest award winner could be in college football, maybe. And then some playoff thoughts as we'll be covering you over the next few days on playoff and bowl game uh, anticipation over the next couple of days right here on locked on college football. And today's show is presented by built bar perfect for a mid morning or mid afternoon snack or a breakfast replacement. Andrew, as I know you've talked about a lot and also perfect be because it tastes great. The built bar is covered in 100% chocolate. They have so many different flavors for you to choose from. They're soft and easy to chew BuiltBar.com is the website. Yeah, man, I actually just got a new shipment of mint brownie. I haven't tried mint brownie yet. Uh, one of the guys that you know listens to Lockdown Hawkeyes said it was delicious, so I was like, I'm going to give it a try. And holy crap, I think that might be my new favorite flavor outside of pumpkin chocolate chip. I just had it today for breakfast along with a nice tall glass of whole milk. Don't get at me. I love whole milk. It's That's me. But again, that mint chocolate was delicious. Basically, my point is I have tried five or six different flavors, and they've all been phenomenal. And each time I try a new flavor, it becomes my best and favorite flavor. And also, the favorite thing about this is not only are you getting a candy bar in the morning, which how many of us want to channel that inner 12 year old of us and getting a candy bar for breakfast, you're getting the health benefits that you actually need as an adult. One of my favorite flavors outside of the mint, you know, mint brownie outside of the pumpkin chocolate chip is the cookies and cream. It comes in 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs. It gives you everything you need to kickstart your day, all the nutrition you need. And again, you're eating a candy bar for breakfast or for a snack or for a post-workout routine type of snack, and it's exactly what you need. So go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get 20% off your next order. Use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. 
As we continue here with Locked On College Football, don't forget Locked On Bets. It's a daily show. It's very convenient. They are getting you picks. They are getting you betting information. As remember, you can place your bets at betonline.ag. And uh, should point out, there's a chance you and I could be talking about some interesting games in the NCAA tournament. Andrew, you have Locked On Hawkeyes. Iowa has the third best odds at Bet Online to make the NCAA tournament. Tennessee's in the top 10 of best odds to make the tournament. So that'll be something to pay attention to. Go check out Locked On Bets. They will have you covered each and every day right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And Andrew, there was interesting news that came out on Tuesday. Devontae Smith is the first wide receiver to win the Associated Press Player of the Year Award in college football. Since it began uh, being handed out in 1998, Devontae Smith at Alabama He's getting some real Heisman talk, it looks like. What are the bet online odds say? Yeah, betonline.ag actually has Devontae Smith as the favorite now. So if you would have locked into that a couple of weeks ago, you'd be making some good money. Now it's, uh, you know, you're getting basically a 50% return there. But Devontae Smith is at minus 220, Mac Jones plus 200, Trevor Lawrence plus 400, and Kyle Trask plus 2,500. Basically, no one thinks he has a chance there. But it looks like it's Devontae Smith's trophy to lose. But we've seen the the Heisman Trophy group do some interesting things, and it's very rare that it goes to a wide receiver. So I, I, I think Mac Jones might be the bet for me there just because I like the odds. But you heard me last week. I, I like Devontae Smith. I thought he was a guy who should be winning the Heisman Trophy. Um, it's awesome to see him win the AP Player of the Year. I mean, one, one quick shout-out before you get into that. Brees Hall did make the top 10. Just wanted to call it out. As okay. an Iowa State guy, um, happy for him. I, I don't like Iowa State as much, but happy for Iowa State running back Brees Hall to at least make the top 10, getting some love there for the Big 12. Yeah, the numbers, again, for Devontae Smith, 98 receptions, 1,500 yards, 1,511 to be exact, 17 touchdowns, and they didn't play a full season in terms of the, the normal number of games. Putting up those kinds of numbers, it's an offense that's prolific, but he also got a ton of attention from opposing defenses, especially after Jalen Waddell went out. So I said last week that I still kind of view Trevor Lawrence as the best player. It's supposed to be the most outstanding player. I don't consider stats as I normally would, but I also have to recognize if I don't if I don't consider them as I normally would, and I say that because nobody's playing a regular number of games, doesn't it make Smith's numbers even more impressive that he was able to do that in 11 games? So um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm overwhelmed by what he was able to do almost. And if he wins the award, which it looks like he has a really good chance to, congratulations, because I think it would be well-earned by Devontae Smith. And I like in a year that's different, why not be a little bit different with the awards? So seeing a wide receiver in an offense that looks unstoppable, I think would be a pretty cool note. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. I I have a problem with the Heisman Trophy because it basically just goes to the best quarterback on the best team, which is, yeah. I, I think, if you're looking at the Heisman, wh- who – you know, who is the most dominant player, right? That's what I think the Heisman should be. But obviously I'm not a voter and that's for a reason. But you look at Devontae Smith and what he's done in his career and Alabama this season. I mean, he hasn't even started until this year. And for his career, 3,620 yards, that's second all time in the SEC. That's ahead of Amari Cooper. That's huge. I mean, what he's done is just phenomenal. Again, you talk about the 1,500 yards, uh, number one in the NCAA this year. The reception is 98, number one in the NCAA this year. Um, He also is a great punt returner as well. I mean, this guy can do it all. He's an explosive playmaker all over the field. And that Alabama offense has been absolutely unstoppable. They love to run the ball. But because they have such an explosive guy like Devontae Smith, and let's not forget about the guys who've been injured allowing Devontae Smith to get up in this spot, Jalen Waddell specifically, 
um, you know, they want to throw the ball because they have such dynamic playmakers there, even though they typically are a very run focused, run heavy team. And Najee Harris is back there as well. Yeah, if uh, Devontae wins the Heisman, what a way to start and finish your career. And, and the real finish would be what happens in the playoff. I know they, they have what they hope are a couple of games, and he would like to finish with a national title. But as a freshman, remember, Devontae was the receiver who caught the game-winning touchdown against Georgia in overtime, the pass thrown by Tuatunga Vailoa. So as a freshman, he could have a game-winning touchdown catch in the national championship game. And as a senior, as a wide receiver, win the Heisman Trophy and perhaps win another national title. That's obviously on the table here. That would be quite a start and finish for Devontae Smith. So question for you, do you feel like if he wins the Heisman Trophy, Devontae Smith is going to go down as the best college wide receiver ever? Uh, that'd be, <laughs> well, when you look at his statistics and in the offense that he's in and the, the amount of wins that he would have, some people would try to make that case. I think also some people might take away from some of the numbers now because of just how often you see the ball thrown. So most people would probably say no to that, but having a Heisman next to his name and the statistics that he has next to his name, uh, I would like to look at his, his career numbers and how, how those compare to so many different players, but uh, he would actually, he would have a great case. I don't think that he would get that much talk, but I'd even consider that if he has a Heisman next to his name, you're not going to find many wide receivers that do. Yeah. I mean, um, what is it? Charles Woodson, but he's a corner. I mean, who was the last wide yeah, receiver? Tim Brown, Heisman? Uh, Notre Dame. Yep. So, I mean, it is tough because you look at, especially that's the, like the age old question, right? Is um, how much do statistics actually matter in the grand scheme of things? Like Calvin Johnson went to college at Georgia tech and was a, a first round pick. And he had what, like 30 catches in his career at Georgia tech. So um, it is interesting looking at statistics and how do you quantify or judge a player? But I think he definitely makes a case for it, winning the Heisman. Granted it is in a weird year where there wasn't a quarterback who truly stepped up and had that Heisman trophy moment. Justin Fields could have been that guy, but has really struggled in the most important games for Ohio state. Trevor Lawrence being out for a couple of games, definitely hurt him. Them losing to Notre Dame. Um, and Kyle Trask has looked great, but uh, not really had the Heisman trophy moment in playing for Florida. So it just, everything aligned for Devonte Smith to win this award. Well, you know what else is incredible. If you want to talk about grace of all time, and this could be considered a prisoner of the moment, uh, which I understand, but the 2017 Alabama signing class, the names in that class, Andrew, would include Devontae Smith, who has a chance to win a Heisman. And by the way, if he doesn't, his teammate, Mac Jones, could be winning it. And Mac Jones was also in that 2017 class. Other players included Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs, former great wide receivers who were first-round picks in the NFL, Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, and Tua Vailoa, and that's not everybody that has played and played a big role in Alabama. What an incredible class, and they've had a bunch of them, but that might actually be Nick Saban's best class. That's actually just the conversation you would have, not even greatest classes of all time, just greatest Alabama classes. But talk about uh, production, wins, and awards for one single class, a class that produced, what, three Heisman finalists in Tua, Jones, and um, Devontae Smith? Yeah, that's absurd. But we talked about we talked about a couple of weeks ago. That's the rich getting richer, right? I mean, they're going to keep doing this because people are going to see the success they have and the success that Alabama has even when people aren't getting playing time right away, which I think is honestly that is one of the more impressive things about about Nick Saban is that he can recruit these high level guys and say, "You know what? You're not playing right away. You're going to sit on the bench despite the fact that you might be the top 
you're going to be a top five player in the nation. You're going to sit on the bench because we have that talented of a team. You might only play one season as a starter, but don't you worry. You might still win a Heisman. You might still be a first round pick and you're still going to win a national championship. I mean, that's impressive to be able to wrangle in those egos. I don't like the fact that it's always, you know, it seems like the same couple teams are always getting the top recruits. I think it's not good for the parody of college football, but sure. it's pretty impressive what he can do with that talent and being able to keep them all on the same page and, and with the same goal. Yeah. By the way, to close out this segment, uh, if you haven't started throwing up already, the top five class rankings for 2021, most of the class has been signed already. They'll have more in February, but uh, one through five, Alabama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, and Clemson. Some familiar names starting at the very top. We'll come back here on Locked On College Football. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Andrew Wade's here. I'm Josh Warden. We'll, uh, we'll have some final thoughts on what's going on over the next few days and our final thoughts on who will win the first two playoff games coming up on Friday as today's show is presented by betonline.ag, which we were talking about just a moment ago. And whether you're looking to bet on games, a ton of bowl games going on over the next few days, the final weekend of the NFL regular season is coming up or some of those futures or the Heisman odds, whatever the case might be, you can find those options at betonline.ag. Absolutely. You partner that with our Locked On Bets podcast, and you can win yourself a lot of money at betonline.ag. That's what I've been doing, just listening to Lee Sterling, going to betonline.ag. He's been absolutely crushing it. Uh, My bank account is very happy, thanks to Lee, and thanks to betonline.ag. It's the only place I go. It's the one place I trust, and you know me, man. I like like betting on about every single thing I can, especially when it comes to to sports. And right now, you talked about there's college football bowl games. The NFL regular season is wrapping up. NBA is kickstarting. College basketball is going crazy. You have so many different upsets, so many opportunities to grab a money line that's going to be just beautiful when you put a few few bucks on that. And then you got NHL season coming up in just a I think two weeks. I mean, there's so many sports going on. There's only one place that you need to go to put a little bit of extra money in your pocket. And that is betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code though. Locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, Andrew, the games that I think everybody is anticipating, that would be the two playoff matchups that we get on Friday with Clemson and Ohio State. That's the game that's expected to be more competitive, right? And then Alabama against Notre Dame. Yeah, uh, I am i don't know if Clemson versus Ohio State's actually going to be that competitive. And I'm not, I don't want to hate on the Big Ten because obviously I'm a Big Ten homer. I love the Big Ten, but I really haven't been impressed with Ohio State this year and what they've done. Their pass defense is atrocious. Justin Fields has not shown up in the big games. He was the reason Indiana was staying in that game. People want to talk about Indiana, and that's a whole other conversation about why they should or shouldn't be in the top 10, why they should or shouldn't have been you know, given a New Year's Six Bowl invite. People always point back to the fact they barely lost Ohio State, but when you watch that game, Justin Fields is flailing around, just chucking the ball up, making some of the worst decisions from a quarterback. And believe me, I watched Iowa football this year. I've seen Spencer Petras play quarterback for eight games. It was not pretty watching Justin Fields against Indiana. That would have pissed even me off having watched Iowa football. And then even again against Northwestern, I didn't think he played that well. So to me, when you, you boil it down, Ohio State's pass defense is bad. Clemson has Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is superior, in my opinion, to Justin Fields, despite the fact those two have been basically equals since high school. They grew up 20 miles away from each other. We're competing for, you know, for the number one and number two spots in that class growing up. And then now they're competing against each other in college football playoffs. 
Ohio State wanted this shot. They wanted this opportunity. That's why the Big Ten is basically bent over backwards, do whatever they could to get Ohio State here. Unfortunately, I think it's going to blow up in their face. Yeah, this was interesting, I thought, from Bear on College Game Day, Chris Falica of ESPN, sharing the numbers of what Ohio State's defense has faced and what it's about to face. Indiana is the team that pushed Ohio State the most until the very end, right, uh, earlier this season. Well, it has the best adjusted offensive efficiency ranking this season, but that's 42nd best in the country. That's the, that's the highest ranking that Ohio State's defense has faced. The other teams, Penn State number 52, Nebraska 59th, Northwestern 71st, Rutgers 92nd, Michigan State 111th. Despite that, Ohio State is just 22nd in adjusted defensive efficiency. Clemson comes in at number 10 on offense, easily the best offense. I think people knew that, but the numbers show that it's not even close, Clemson versus the rest. And that's, of course, led by Trevor Lawrence. So I would, I would offer a good luck to Ohio State. Can Ohio State win? Look, the, the Buckeyes have a bunch of talent, and if they put it together and they're highly motivated and Ryan Day at least you know, privately uh, talking some trash and, uh, and getting his players fired up, and I'm sure he's going to use that 11th place ranking from Dabo to get his players ready. My question would just be, are they good enough, especially on the defensive side? My guess is no. So I'm going to take Clemson. So I think we're both going to agree on this one. If I had to choose a side, I would choose Clemson covering as well uh, in the end. Against, now, they, they played a, a competitive game uh, last year when they went up against each other. So that's that's worth pointing out as well. They, they've planned for one another. But I, I still go Clemson. I still go Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I mean, I, so you point back to last year, Ohio State had a much better secondary last year. I mean, this yeah. secondary has just been thrashed because there's so many first-round prospects. They also lose a Chase Young. I mean, they lost so many guys sure. from that team that was able to handle Clemson a little bit easier on the defense side of the ball. I agree, though. I think Clemson's going to cover this game. The only way Ohio State wins this game, in my opinion, if they need to win this game, how it happens is an offensive shootout where they get one turnover. They have to win the turnover battle and capitalize on it. That's the only way, in my opinion, Ohio State wins. They do not win a defensive battle against Clemson. Not a right. chance in hell. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, and maybe that happens. If it does, then I think we get a more interesting game. And a lot of people are probably hoping that's the case because I don't know anybody that thinks Notre Dame has a real shot to beat Alabama. <laughs> Okay, so I completely agree. What does Notre Dame actually have to do to win this game? Like, if you had to pick, what, how would they actually win this game? Because I, I can't, I can't fathom. unless Mac Jones plays the worst game of his life and is chucking it to Notre Dame and they get down by three scores right away. Like the only way I can think about is if Notre Dame capitalizes on some really bad play. And even then I feel like Alabama's offense is still good enough to get itself out of a hole. Their defense isn't great, but Notre Dame hasn't been that explosive. They did a a couple good things against Clemson when they had some defenders out early in the season, but I don't think they have the athletes to match up with Alabama at all. Yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, I mean, I, I guess my my answer of what's realistic is, yeah, you force turnovers, you kind of slow the game down and keep the football on offense, which l- would limit the scoring opportunities. Because even if Alabama gave the ball up and even helped Notre Dame score, I, I think Alabama's offense is capable of, of doing almost what it wants to. So I think Alabama has to help Notre Dame and, and make it easier for them to score points and um, and if that's the case, then things get competitive. And what, what if it's tight in the third going into the fourth quarter and all of a sudden Alabama's nervous? So can it be done? Sure. Uh, but <laughs> is it realistic? No. Yeah, I completely agree. The one thing I will say, you talked about slowing the game down, and that is something Notre Dame does do well. They do slow the game down well. They do a lot of 
runs and then a lot of short passes with Ian book and the Ian book can also extend a lot of plays with his legs. So mm-hmm. there is that opportunity there, but again, that's if the stars align Notre Dame plays a perfect offensive play, you know, a scripting of game of plays, they can keep themselves in it. And you force a turnover or two. If you can keep it close going into the fourth quarter at that point, anything can happen. We saw that with LSU in Florida, right? Anything can actually happen. You could have a guy throwing a shoe that helps you win the, you know, win the college football playoff game. But uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I don't think there's any chance that Notre Dame wins this game. I'm just looking forward to Alabama versus Clemson. I, I feel like that's just the inevitable at this point. Yep, I agree. If you do want to fade us, Bet Online has Notre Dame at plus 790 on the money line as a 20-point underdog against Alabama. Of course, there's a reason that those odds are where they are at betonline.ag. We'll have more coverage for you, by the way, over the next couple of days. They'll have you covered on more bowl games and, of course, the playoff on Locked On College Football. The show is here five days a week. Rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. That's a big help. It's available on any podcast platform where you might listen and make sure you hit that subscribe button so the show's in your feed each and every day. Andrew, a lot of fun. Enjoy the bowl games and the playoff. Happy New Year, and we'll do it again next Wednesday. Absolutely, man. Talk to you later, buddy. For Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes, I'm Josh Ward of Locked On Vols. Thank you for being with us here on Locked On College Football. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network.